When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the left side. This is the right side. Joe Greenitz, it is good to be back for part two of this bracket. Always a pleasure. Tell me about your uh, brief reactions to round one. It was kind of a blur. We, we covered a lot of ground. And honestly, uh, this weekend has been snowpocalypse here in Portland, Oregon. So it's been my me and my family inside all day with a few uh, outings into the very, very cold outside with the kids for some sledding. So I haven't had much time to ruminate. But you have really earned this luxurious evening time. Oh, yeah. Haven't you? That's Little the best time. feeling, man. After skiing or snowboarding or playing in the snow, sledding for like an hour plus and then coming back into the warm house, that might be the best naturally, like without substances, naturally occurring human feeling. There's sex too. There's also okay. sex. I, I guess I mean like a more <laughs> ambient feeling if we're only, if we're limiting it to, to that. There is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's true. Uh, I love that feeling. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I'm also very happy to continue this tournament and get into round two. We've got so many great bands. Like this is just such a who's who. I was kind of shuffling the playlist, which of Mm -hmm. course, as always, there is a Spotify playlist of all the songs that competed plus other songs that didn't compete. Songs that were ready to go if a band had gotten further. So they're great to kind of save and bookmark for later. Also, just while we're doing brief announcements, there is a Facebook group. And some most of you have heard me talk about it, but I don't talk about it that much. There's a link in the show notes for all the like the last six or seven episodes or something like that, at least. So please come join us. We chat about the episodes and share recommendations and uh, commiserate about, um, well, you guys commiserate about bad picks in tournaments when you really think we've, we've fucked it up. Um, there won't be any of those this time. No one is going to... No one's going to have a problem with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers getting knocked out in round one by Everclear. There will be no issues there. Speaking of which, round two, matchup one, Everclear versus Sublime. Mm. Uh, So from Everclear, we get I Will Buy You a New Life. Yes, I know all about that other guy. The handsome man with athletic thighs. I know all about the time before. Yeah, but that obsessive little bitch boy. They might make you think you're happy. Yeah, maybe for a minute or two. They can't make you laugh. No, they can't make you feel the way that I do. I will buy you a garden.
This comes up against Doing Time mm. by Sublime, featuring a prominent sample of what is it, Summertime and the Living's yeah. Easy. That's by uh, Gershwin. American, Gershwin, the composer. Yep. Great song. Here we go. Me and my girl got this relationship. I love her so bad, but she treats me like a Um, this is a tough one because these are both really great songs, but very different. Um, very different. I'm going to give it to Sublime. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, they deserve it. That is such a unique and cool vibe. It's really, and it is a Mount Rushmore use of a sample, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it's beyond just the sample. Uh, the sample, by the way, is a lot of what you hear there. It's certainly that vibraphone part, but I think it is also actually a, a stand-up double bass and it's just a very, it's like an interesting chord change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then he also takes that lyric, the first lyric of that song, Summertime and the Living, Living's Easy. Living's Easy, yeah. And uh, I also heard that it was supposed to be a different lyric. And then they, somebody changed it. I should have looked that up. Oh, well. Um, anyway, it was like anyway. a little studio magic later. But like that taking the theme of that Gershwin piece and then kind of redoing it as a, you know, sitting outside on the stoop in Long Beach, like mm-hmm. from that perspective. Yeah. So it's like more than just a sample. It's it's like integrated into this new piece of art. It's just incredible. Yeah. It's so well done. I think it deserves to move on. It's interesting. I think if it had gone up against like a really great rock song, it would have been harder. But yeah. because of that Everclear song is really well written, but it's it's a pretty straightforward, just kind of pop song. Yeah. Sung by a guy with a naturally gruff and really cool sounding voice. Yeah. You know, but against that, it goes to Sublime. Okay, great. I, I We're not experiencing the Sublime erasure that I'm so used to in my life. Ah, you this and I listen justice. to the same, you and I listen to the same podcasts too. So when it went about nineties music. So yeah, I think yeah. we have that appreciation. Okay. okay. Up next. Cake versus The Cure. Ooh. Uh, yeah, kind of an interesting uh, matchup from Cake. We get Never There from Prolonging the Magic. I need your understanding. I need your love so much. You tell me that you love me so. You tell me that you care. But when I need you, baby, baby you're never there. On the phone, long, long distance.
so good. Just what a weird fucking band. I just love them so much. <laughs> what an odd group of things to put together and have it fam- just work. And I am not familiar with this Cure song. Yeah, uh, nor am I. It's called A Letter to Elise. Friday I'm in Love is really the main the main output of The Cure in the 1990s. Oh, that's right. But we're limited to the 90s. We're limited to the 90s, right? So that's why we're getting this one. A Letter to Elise from Wish, the same album. That's a really cool song, and I I don't really I cool. didn't know it. I love I kinda, it. I kind of wanted you to. I wanted it to keep going, but we're out of time. We're out of time. Um, that's ooh. Oh, can we just hear the rest of that chorus? Like it was just picking up. I think up. it was a, a bridge, but sure, yeah. Let's do oh, it. maybe hear a little bit more. Maybe it was a chorus. I feel I'm like pretty, it was just like. Uh, yeah, maybe it was a chorus. You know what? We have the rest of our lives to listen to a letter to Elise. Okay, show. okay. If that's the case, then I'm adding it to uh, some playlists for sure. Okay, wonderful. I got to give it to Cake though. Yeah, I mean, never there is. Never a there is a fantastic song. Little document. If, if it was the a top Cure song from the eighties, it would probably yeah. be Cake. But and in two thousand, they released Blood Flowers, which is like their kind of renaissance as a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, very highly rated, very well thought of album of theirs. So the nineties are just kind of this weird lull for the Cure. Okay. Which yeah. Oh well. Um, you know they don't they don't fit in as well with these bands anyway. So mm. I think it's fine. Uh, good showing. They beat Nine yeah. Nails. We love the cure. Um, are you, yeah. What's, what's your cure relationship? I didn't, I wasn't really into them as a kid. They didn't play them a lot on my alternative radio station. Um, yeah. A good friend of mine with very eclectic music take music taste is very into them. So he kind of got me into them a little bit when I like late high school. But then I think it wasn't really till like our touring years when, I kind of got their greatest hits and was like, oh man, there are so many there are solid so many. songs. Yeah. 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 I am basically a greatest hits listener, which still means that like I love like 12 cure songs. Like that's a lot of songs yeah. to love by a band, but I I've not really gone deep on any of their albums. I don't think I love his whole vibe, uh, his vocal performance, his just whole aesthetic. I don't it's not really for me. Yeah, And so, you know, I love the songwriting, the instrumentation and arrangements and stuff. I love yeah. when they do pop. Yeah. Um, but the like goth aspect of it is not, I don't know, just doesn't really. When, when do they get more me. mopey. Yeah. And even just all the, all the visual cues, which are, feel kind of inescapable for the cure. Gotcha. Like I picture his sideshow Bob Afro <laughs> when I hear the cure. <laughs> it's inseparable. Yeah. Oh, if they ever tour with Counting Crows, forget it. Oh, 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 oh. 
They'll have to have a showdown. There won't be room for the two of Speaking them. Speaking of which, County Crows are not on this, are they? You know, we put them in the other tournament. Alt and pop? so the okay. Alt Pop one, which okay. is kind of closer for them. Sure. They're not really an alternative. Like That's if we true. think of alternative as alternative slash alternative rock, yeah. they're not as much okay, in it. But fair enough. Yeah. Of course, we both love them. Next up, this one, Joe, is going to hurt. Radiohead versus Smashing Pumpkins. Ooh, had to happen. From Radiohead, we get Karma Police. Karma Police. I've given all I can. It's not enough. I've given all I can, but we're still on the payroll. This is what. Against another great song, <sighs> Bullet no. with Butterfly Wings by the Pumpkins. Ouch. The world is a vampire. Solid gold classics. I, <clears throat> I'm i going to give this to the Smashing Pumpkins, and I'll tell you why. Let's hear it. I, I love Karma Police, and I love that album. I think OK Computer is probably in my top 10 or 15 albums of all time. In, uh-huh. let's see, it must have been around 2003 or four when we were recording early Sherwood material, and we were talking about this with Michael Rosas, who produced the first few Sherwood releases. He did an A-B uh, comparison of that with the Beatles' Sexy Sadie, and we were like, what? They're very, it's very clearly borrowed from it, and I think they've never been shy about that or like tried to downplay that. But um, Remember which part of the song is borrowed from the Beatles? It's the, the, whole, the whole piano riff. Like the, can you you want to play Sexy Sadie real Let's quick? Let's do it. Let's do it right here. Is that from the White Album? Might be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sexy Sadie by the, the Beatles. beginning. Yep. I don't want to ruin the Karma Police for anybody, but here it goes. Sexy Sadie. 
I mean, obviously I've heard that song, but it's not one of my favorite tracks on that record or I have yeah, never it's, it's thought not, of it as that. Yeah, right. And wow, Radiohead yeah. definitely made it their own and made of it course. very cool. But yeah, it's, hard, yeah. it's hard to hear that now and go, oh, I get it. Interesting. So, you can't go back on that one. A, a little bit. Knocked it yeah. down like 5% in my mind. Okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. But not yeah. too bad. But Bullet with Butterfly Wings, come on. Like, it's too good. It's too perfect. What's funny is that it's hard now to kind of separate a track like that from Billy Corgan as a meme. Yeah. Like that song. In fact, when there is like, when there are pumpkins lyrics written as part of a meme that has Uh Billy Corgan in it, the lyrics of that chorus are the lyrics. It's like, (laughs) you know, Billy Corgan on the teacups, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Like, you know, at Disneyland or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And so that is a little bit hard for me, but, yeah, just listening to it on its own terms, it's just a it's a banger. It's an absolute banger. Yeah, they were just at the height of their powers when when they made that record. It's so great and it soars higher than Karma Police does, I think. And so for that, it's good they're going to take out Radiohead, which is a bit of an upset, I think. But it, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I would have, say but maybe Pumpkins have what it what it takes to go the distance too. So this is not just a fluke, I think. Yeah. I, I tr- I'm trying to figure out how to make a Smashing Pumpkins Sherwood joke about <laughs> how Billy has realized over the years just how valuable Jimmy was to him, mm. the drummer, Jimmy Chamberlain, yeah. yeah, and how I'm valuing you as my drummer as we put the pumpkins over Radiohead, but also in, in Sherwood, of course. But I can't find out how to make it funny. There's a, that's a tenuous connection. Let's move on. Okay, yeah. But I appreciate the thought. Take the L and keep going. (laughs) Next up. Well, is there anything else to say about Radiohead? I mean, I love them. I Uh, I believe they'll be back on some other tournament uh, in short order. They're great. Love Radiohead. Love most, the vast majority of their catalog, especially the 90s material. Hard to say anything that has not been said ad nauseum in every rock magazine for the last 30 years. That's good self-awareness. We love them. Yep, we love them. Okay. Next up, Hole versus Blur. From Hole, we get, also from Celebrity Skin, Malibu. Interesting. Co-written by Billy Corgan. Oh, that's one of the ones he co-wrote. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is not nearly as good of a song as Celebrity Skin or Doll Parts or... I like it. Violet. You like that song a lot? Okay. But I, I don't well, want to tip the good. scales. Let's, let's, well, let's it's listen. your choice. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you what right now. I'm going to veto you if you choose Blur. Because this song <laughs> is one of my least favorite songs I've ever heard in my life. Wow. And... uh I, I don't say that lightly. I genuinely mean that. I, I feel an active allergy to this song, Girls and Boys by Blur. appeal of it i would not reach for that personally um and blur has a lot of other cool material just not that so it's going to hole thank you i don't understand why people <laughs> think that's good i genuinely it sounds to me like a practical joke of a song <laughs> Here, here's a thought for you to disregard would we have franz ferdinand if we didn't have that that's a good question. I mean, there's plenty of like bands plenty that of, like cool like have done Brit, that over Brit the years. Punk. Okay, yeah, post punk kind of stuff. Okay, I I just like the difference between song two and girls and boys by Blur is like when we tell Soren this thing, which I got from my parents growing up. I love you all the way around the world much. <laughs> And you put your two arms all the way out so as to say, these go all the way back around the world. That's how much I love you. As far as the East is from the West, Joe, God and our sins. That is how far song two and girls and boys are in my estimation. Um, okay. To give Blur a little more. Blur does not get a lot of airtime on this podcast. So I That's feel true. we should I love play that. the song Out of Time. Dude, please, let's do it. You know this song? Uh, I don't think I do, but I'm going to pull it up. I might. Let's see. Out of time. Let's hear it. Great song. But if we start dreaming now, Lord knows we never clear the clouds. And you've been so busy lately that you haven't found the time. Open up your mind and watch the world spinning gently out of time. Feel the sunshine on your face. A computer now, gone of the future. Okay. Interesting. You get the idea. Super yeah. cool. Great song. Damon Albarn, obviously an incredibly talented guy. Clearly. Gone, gone, gone on to do Gorillas and so yeah. many other projects. And yeah. Knows what he's doing. But 
girls and boys, not his finest moment. Did am I right? Am I correct that Good Charlotte covered that song as well? Oof, oof. Should we just see if, or is that a different song? And I just thought it was there. I think it's a different song, but let's find out. Let's go into Mordor together. It is, in fact. No, it's a different no, song. No, it is girls a different song. Girls don't like boys, girls, <laughs> girls like cars, cars and money. money. Okay, great. Good. Because I was going to say, that would have... <laughs> you know what? That's how bad it is. I thought that it was Dear Charlotte when I heard it on the radio. <laughs> I'm I'm nothing if not consistent on this song. All right. Okay. Well, All right, on. Blur. We do believe in you. Uh, next up, Green Day versus Rage Against the Machine. Ooh. This is exi- like... You can imagine the two guys from your high school who epitomize these two bands, yeah. and you can indeed imagine them getting in a fight with each other. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Day guys like fuck everything, man, and you know big piercings, and then the and the Rage fan is the seventeen year old with like the Che Guevara T shirt who's like, no, we need real change. We got to blow up the system, <laughs> and they really don't agree on a lot. But they show up at the same rock festivals in the 90s. And from Green Day, we get Brain Stew, the radio smash, I think it's fair to say. But not one of my favorite Green Day songs. My eyes feel like they're gonna bleed. Right up in bulging on my skull. Dry. My face is numb. Fucked up and spun out in my room. On my own, here we go. That's pretty much the song. Not not a lot. Uh, don't need to hear much more for context lot, yeah. there. The, the progression stays the same. It's a cool, very cool song. It's pretty but cool. Rage, but- I think something similar applies to that song that applies to Red Hot Chili Peppers, what we were talking about mm. last time of like, it's so simple that coming out of FM radio, it just sounds huge and yeah. it fills up all that space. But listen to it, listening to it now, just the studio recording it's like this is so fucking boring Mm. but blasting out of you know with all that compression and stuff i think it just plays well but if you're just a person who loves the the grit of a loud guitar and the simplicity of that uh chromatic walk down if you love Ozfest, you know (laughs) that's not that's not mean is it uh this is coming up against a pretty hot contender oh no rage against the machine bulls on parade Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's yeah. so good. Um, I'm picking Rage on this one. Obviously. I, I have a fun anecdote about this song that will really illustrate the stage of life that I'm in. Uh-huh. We, have a, we have a pretty nice LG brand clothing washer. Okay. And whenever right. we start, yeah. whenever I start a new load, I press the, the start button and then there's a pregnant pause and then this click. Uh-huh. It sounds just like this the snare at the beginning of that song. So every time I start a load, I'm like Oh, let's hear that just that very beginning that you're talking about. Yeah, that that simple just the, the door lock on my washer. <laughs> it just sounds exactly like it. That is the machine I'm raging against now. <laughs> you are you're you're raging alongside the machine is really more <laughs> I'm thanking it really. <laughs> you're expressing gratitude to the machine. Um I was I was thinking to say goodbye to Green Day, I think it would be fun to maybe each of us pick a song from the nineties that we think is maybe a little under-known, under-loved. Okay, I got one. You got one? Okay, what do you want to hear? She. Oh, exactly. Now, it did get radio play, but that might have mostly just been in California where they were pretty local. I don't know yeah, if it was that big. Yeah, this is probably like the big. fifth single off of Dookie. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, get the, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. I do think Lunsford and I talked a little bit about this song and this album on the major label... Uh, this right. very oddly, very oddly, like one of the first episodes. So we do talk about Dookie. If you want to hear more about Dookie, you can check out that episode. But she this is a great choice. know what it is that they figured out okay the guitar makes it sound like it is utterly simple it is deceptively complex Mm -hmm. the guitar which is fuzzy and fills up all this you know eq space low high especially middle frequencies Mm -hmm. that is just playing three power chords but everything yeah. else, the bass is going on runs. Trey Cool is is filling in uh, space where he can on the drums. Yeah. And then you know who copies that exact approach? Blink-182. Uh-huh. In their own way. Yeah. Now, they're not as often shoving distortion down our throats. Sometimes, choruses and stuff. Yeah. But they have very simple guitar pl- parts uh, a little bit of bass movement. Mark has a little bit of fun. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's playing two strings, right? And then Travis, Travis is, is providing all that, all that texture. And even if he dials it a little too, up, a little too high now and again, it's a very winning uh, 
basically a layout for loud, catchy, like maximally loud and maximally catchy music. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah, you do inter- it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's great drumming on she. The hi-hat work is just wonderful. You it's can, super tight yeah. before Pro Tools. Oh, yeah. It's not uh, corrected. Okay, nice my work, 90s Green Day gem is, this was a radio single. It had a, a very popular video. might have been like a, I don't know if it was Spike Jones or someone like him, but there was like doing that early doubling of like, it's it's the technology they use in the Michael Keaton film, Multiplicity, I think, ah. right? Where you, yeah. it looks like yeah. the same frame. And like, this was like new technology at the time. Uh-huh. Anyway, this chorus fucking slays. And I think that people <laughs> forget about this song. Here it is. pop song that's incredible that's a little bit weezer there it's power it it should have been on the power pop revival tournament it fits yeah. in perfectly with like some of that not a surf stuff um yeah, yeah some weezer stuff oh my gosh yeah i that haven't heard song. that in a long time that's a great song isn't that a great that that turn in the chorus speechless and redundant cause I love you's not yeah. enough that is like such a Beach Boys Jan and Dean like 60s pop thing to do yeah which is what makes it a power oh gosh I am discovering that power pop revival is among my very favorite genres of music and I didn't have mm-hmm. words for it until All Steve right, let's, helped let's me let's move on All right, Green okay. Day we love you we do apparently we just showed it next up Joe, this might be the single hardest matchup for you of the tournament. Foo Fighters versus Weezer. This is tough. Torturous. From Foo Fighters, we get Learn to Fly. Great song up against Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. 
If I pick Foo Fighters, would you veto me? I decided I'm not going to veto you. I'm okay, because your... I was I was pre- I was prepared to to do a pinch hitter. I I would say follow your heart. Um, if you want to pinch hit for Foo Fighters, I love that idea because it just means that we're going to hear one more great Foo Fighters song. Okay. So what do you want to hear from Foo Let's Fighters? Let's do it. Let's do uh, stacked actors from the same album. Okay, place. you want to move it. All right, up to track one from 1999's There Is Nothing Left to Lose. There are also maybe nothing that was released later than this album in this tournament. This is the very tail end of Mm -hmm. the 90s. I don't know what time it came out in 99. Just November. November, yeah. So this is one of the last albums, maybe the last album to be released in this tournament. Great song, great opening track. language right there you know what i'm hearing in that that i've never noticed before what that's foo fighters doing mc5 oh interesting yeah i can see that like that like that's kick out the jams i mean that's like oh i love that that's so great what a great song okay awesome so you're gonna give it to foo fighters you're we're gonna gonna kick weezer out hate to see weezer we don't need to belabor, belabor exactly. Weezer on exactly. this podcast. Exactly. We're going to move on. I've spoken at length uh, among my favorite bands. Go, congratulations, Foo Fighters. Uh, there's a lot of Weezer content. It doesn't take that far scrolling in the old feed of this show. I highly recommend those episodes with Roman. They were very funny, and we played a ton of great music. And you might find some Weezer songs that you didn't know you would love. Joe, may I put yeah. you on the spot? How many songs from Weezer's like more recent catalog were you legitimately turned on to by that episode? Two or, two or three, probably. Only two have, or three? I, I'd have to look back. Okay. You put me on the spot here. Uh, I'd have to look back and look at the list. But um, 
But definitely are, a few I, that you're like, I mean, you had gone pretty deep on Weezer. And you already. had, you over the last 10 years have been telling me like, oh, this, this album's great. So yeah. I would listen yeah. to that. And, oh yeah, I, I know that. So you had picked good. up some of the I middle, think like a Ratitude lot of the mid-career. and Hurley, I, I had just not even given Same. the time of day. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, highly recommend that episode. Uh, now we're up to Nirvana versus Soundgarden, mm. a certain kind of Seattle showdown. The Battle of the Sound. Let's call it the uh, Sound Showdown. Puget Sound. <laughs> the pugilism. Uh, the knock. The knockabout at the Neptune. Uh, there's a live. At, there's a Nirvana live at the Neptune Theater. Uh, <laughs> famous recording. Okay, come as you are from Nirvana. Come. an odd song when you think about it and and like so much nirvana so repetitive and whether a song whether a nirvana song works or not is kind of like does it does it succeed at hypnotizing you and if it does then you're like oh yeah give me that repetition baby this is great but if it doesn't then you're like okay let's let's move on um but that's a great song if i okay i'm seeing what the Soundgarden song is and i think i already know that it's not gonna hold up so can i preemptively call a uh, rain delay uh you can but let's hear it because okay. it's a great song it's a great song okay so th- the next one is even better okay so we are going to do come as you are well, no okay no. let's just play it let's play it let's maybe play I'll, it. maybe it'll you can decide mind. okay okay because it's up against spoon man which by the way great little story about spoon man did you know this chris cornell wrote Spoon Man as an attempt to write an original song that would be in the movie singles, the Cameron Crowe film. Yeah. And he wrote it. It didn't, he didn't, he didn't end up getting used for the film or maybe he didn't complete it uh, at that time or something, but he started on the initial idea as basically a prompt for the film singles. And it turned into the second biggest Soundgarden song, which maybe I like a lot more than you do.
know what Spoon Man is? Spoon Man is the exact middle point between Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine slash Audio Slave. Oh, interesting. Like Chris Cornell projects. Yeah. Yeah. It like without Spoon Man, could anyone have heard like in their mind's ear, Chris Cornell fronting Rage? But mm-hmm. that song, especially the chorus, like that's like a very Tom Morello guitar riff. Yeah, in the chorus. Interesting. It's an interesting take there. Um, I, I like that more than I thought I would. I think I, when I see Spoon Man, the, the title, I, all I can think of is the spoon solo later in the song. Where you <laughs> just hear playing silly. spoons, yeah. Yeah, although the drums are pretty sick in that part too. Um, Let me tell you something here though, Joe. I was onto something because here is Audio Slave covering Spoon Man oh. at the 2005 K-Rock Weenie Roast, which is their big yearly thing so they in noticed 1992, i was with a different band and we played a tour called Lollapalooza. it was the second one and it ended here in this very place three shows in a row and i remember thinking Fuck. so he's like really setting up that this uh the kind of you know Soundgarden to audio slave thing but mm-hmm. they recognize that this is an audio slave song listen listen to how they do it Fuck yeah, yeah, man. I'm yeah, into that. Much. I am <laughs> into that. <laughs> That's great. This is a tough call. But did you hear did you hear how that it was like just like 15% groovier? Yeah, yeah. Instrumentally between yeah. that and the sound so, garden. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The anyway, okay. Little, like a little, little bit more, more well and also just a bit more of like a um what is that called? Like a a lazy tempo or whatever where there's it's a slight Swing, basically. Okay, interesting. There's a, sw- yeah. a slight kind of swinging groove there, I think, to them. That is, you know, obviously the way they play in Rage. Um, anyway, we have to choose between Spoon Man and Come As You Are. Come or as you, are. you can do uh, Rain Delay if you want to hear the next track by each. I see. the ne- What's the next Nirvana song? So Soundgarden, Fell on Black Days, Nirvana, oh, Heart Shaped Box. Box. Oh, no. But why do you, do you like <sighs> want one band to win? Why don't you just no. let, let whichever one was I better win? I love Soundgarden. I love yeah. Soundgarden. And <clears throat> you want, you Nirvana, do, you but I want them to go. I also love Nirvana. Yeah, you do love Nirvana. Uh, I, let's give it to Nirvana. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tell me about, it, come, tell me about Come As You Are, though. What is, what about that song is not quite as satisfying to you? I don't, maybe it's just because I've heard it 10 million times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's repetitive. It's repetitive. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's like the yeah. best kind of repetitive and it's so great. Um, I think I, yeah, I guess it, it's not there. Uh, I don't know. I have nothing bad to say about it. I feel it's like great. it's a great song. It's exactly what we were talking about with Green Day and Red Hot Chili Peppers. And now we've got Nirvana. There's something about the simplicity of that riff that there's and there's really just like a basically clean guitar, bass and drums going on the whole time, but mm-hmm. with that raspy Kurt vocal 
And I think it just plays really well, super compressed on FM radio. And so it becomes, it has this, this special, basically it sounds better on the radio probably than smells like teen spirit does. Mm-hmm. Smells like Teen Spirit, you want to get that CD home and you want to hear it in all its big glory. But mm-hmm. Come As You Are, I think, might benefit from that. And, uh, okay, so that's clearly the thesis from me of this episode. Of the 90s alternative. Of movement. the 90s alternative tournament, mega tournament. So, um, but you're not a big, you're not a big Spoonman guy, huh? Or you just, the It's not my, the spoon it's not my favorite Soundgarden song. They've okay. got perhaps five other songs that I like. What more. would you like to hear by Soundgarden as we say goodbye to them? How about the day I tried to live just three down there? Yep. Okay. Their fifth most popular song from super unknown. Go to words. You say down, down, down right there. Just lo- I, I do love them. I I want to do like we did with Green Day. I want to pick one too. Okay. Uh, but tell me what you love about that song. What do you love most about it? Oh, that vocal performance, the drumming, the really cool walk down chromatic uh, chord progression, and like that really the great lead guitar part. That, and, yeah. and it's doing something very similar in the chorus to, as a counterpoint to the melody, and it's just so good. Yeah, it's but his a, vocal his vocal performance is just. I think that was the pinnacle of his voice. It kind of, in my opinion, went downhill from there. Hmm. Might but, be all the yeah. drugs and alcohol. Um, the song I want to play is from the next record, "Down on the Upside." And Joe, I I wonder if you'll appreciate this. And I'm sure I told you this at some point in the one hundred thousand hours on tour we spent talking about music. But <laughs> pretty noose from "Down on the Upside." got me excited about drumming in a way that up until 1996, I had not felt this particular thing I felt about his drum part in this song. Mm. And it's not as good of an album as super unknown, but I feel like this opening of pretty news is so strong and just really announces him. Uh, it's Matt Cameron, right? Yep. Yeah. As a, as a presence. So let's hear a little bit of pretty news.
such a weird, great song. Yeah, that super high bass fluttering thing. Gosh, mm-hmm. way to go, Soundgarden. So go. cool. We love you. Okay, moving on. Last matchup of this round, of round two, Oasis versus Stone Temple Pilots. And mm. I got to say, Joe, Stone Temple Pilots are walking straight into a buzzsaw. Because <laughs> here is, in my opinion, one of the most perfectly written pop songs in rock music history. Don't look back in anger. Please don't put your life in the Perfect. Up against a great song, Plush by STP. No, there's a really interesting similarity between those songs. They keep going another part or two longer than you think they will. Yeah. And each part is catchier than the one before it. Yeah. It's just that Oasis does that in kind of like a power pop kind of a way. And STP is doing that in in kind of a grunge, you know, uh, kind of a way. Mm -hmm. So I I suppose maybe this matchup is a little bit of a uh, a Rosetta Stone, a a Bellwether kind of for, you know, someone's taste. (sighs) This is tough. This is a tough one. Uh, Don't Look Back in Anger is just such a great piano pop masterpiece. STP, that's also a great song. If you're you're thinking like what's more alternative, you you have to say that STP is more alternative. You have to go STP. That's true. If if that's the criterion. But that's only if they're even, I thought, right? If you're having a hard time, you apply that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess, the second on the list. They both would 
they were both playing on the alternative radio stations of the 90s. So For sure. <sighs> I will defer to you on this. Well, then I have to choose Oasis because that's just, I don't know, that is like perfection, pop, it's a, yeah, pop it's writing perfection. Great. Yeah. And so I, I am like, I could pretend to be the guy who would choose STP, which I think would be a cooler guy and perhaps, <laughs> I don't know, better at a party, <laughs> more fun to be around. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not. I'm the Oasis guy because I'm a, I'm a little... I'm a little soy boy pop pop song lover uh, with a Phil Spector poster in my bedroom. <laughs> okay, we'll give it to Oasis. I, I abide uh, by my decision. Yeah, dude, plush we, fucking rules though. That's a great song. That's a great song. And STP also had they have a deep catalog of really great songs, and so they could have also gone a long way. But yeah, we gotta okay. we gotta make the cut somehow with this too many. It's a crowded room. So we have arrived at our elite eight, Sublime. Cake, Smashing Pumpkins, Hole, Rage Against the Machine, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, and Oasis. Probably mm-hmm. the only real surprise there is Hole. Mm-hmm. They're like the NFC South of this uh, <laughs> tournament. Just pretty weak division. Really, of the four of the four in their group, U two, Hole, Blur, and Incubus. Well, I guess they met Blur on a bad day. Blur could have taken them. Uh, I don't know if Incubus could have beat Hole, but Cake. Sorry, Sublime versus Cake. And from Sublime, mm-hmm. we get, well, maybe now, one this of those is a, songs. This is a cover song. This is a cover song. Oh, you're Does right. So we should, you know, it's a cover song, but this one qualifies as they made it their own. It's okay, definitely okay. their own. Sure. And it's a huge fan favorite. And it's probably the reason that people think Sublime is lame by virtue of their fans <laughs> is basically this song. From 40 Ounce to Freedom, here is Smoke Two Joints. <laughs> in the morning I smoke two joints at night I smoke two joints in the afternoon it makes me feel alright I smoke two joints in time of peace and two in time of war I smoke two joints before I smoke two joints and then I smoke two more Okay, that's a dope sample, bringing in that Easy e or NWA, whatever it is there. Yeah. Uh, but that song, more than any, that makes me think of my the fucking college house I lived in, remember, on yeah, Highland Avenue yeah. in San Luis Obispo, Ugh. with uh, just huge stoners the first two years of college. And like even just the term sensamelia as like a deep cut uh, synonym for weed which is like exclusive to stoner culture. Like stoner <laughs> culture is the fucking worst, dude. It's the worst. <laughs> the music can be so good. And so much of that culture is good. But, but like, gosh, the stoner culture itself is, oh, it's so silly. And that's where, and Sublime, I think they pay because of that. They pay the price, you know? But that's up against also kind of a weird song. This is an interesting... Ooh. Uh, matchup. 
So Smoke Two Joints is coming up against Frank Sinatra by Cake from their second record, Fashion Nugget. Beyond the suns that guard this roof, beyond your flowers of flaming truth, beyond your latest ad campaigns, an old man sits collecting stamps in a room all filled with Chinese lamps. He saves what others throw away. He says that he'll be Someday we know of an ancient radiation That haunts dismembered constellations A faintly glimmering radio songs kind of without a chorus that's a really interesting matchup yeah it is um i like the cake song yeah i mean i i do think maybe the fact that it's a cover like we're not getting that full bradley noel thing but cake is just doing something that is more interesting with as time passes. only they can do exactly yeah, I, I like guess that. sublime sublime does do that but maybe not so much in that song yeah i i mean that's that song's pretty pretty much cake and cake alone Cake alone could do. Um, okay. Next up, Smashing Pumpkins versus Hole, the the songwriting duo coming at coming at each other's throats. Okay. From the pumpkins we get disarm. Up against Doll Parts, Doll Parts? by Hole. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Someday you will ache like I ache. And some. 
just want to keep going where she gets to that octave up. Mm. That song is, I imagine that this is going to go to disarm and the pumpkins. I just want to say about doll parts. That is a really great song. I mean, that is, that's some almost Kurt level stuff. Um, kind of using the Beatles, but in this like simplified and angst ridden way and putting in the, like putting the pauses in at the right spot, repeating, getting hypnotic. It's, it's really, really good. But I just realized listening now, Disarm is not only a masterpiece, I think that I kind of skip it because when I see the artwork for Siamese Dream, what I want is are those guitars. I want those guitars yeah. playing with Jimmy roaring on the drums. That's what that's like what I'm searching for. But Disarm mm -hmm. showed the world that he could do melancholy and the infinite sadness. I mean, yeah. there's so much going on there with the orchestration and the uh, and the uh, the orchestra that's playing along. But there's counterpoint melodies and all this layering, like all the kind of harp work and other orchestral stuff that he'll use on Melancholy. Like this is a preview of that. And I it I really, that never hit me until right now. Mm. Yeah, Disarm is just brilliant. I don't have as much of a connection to the whole song. And, and really, yeah, like with the first two songs we heard, Celebrity Skin and Malibu, those are great songs. And that's that's kind of the extent of my whole experience. Mm -hmm. I know there's... They I know they have some more great material. Yeah. Oh, and I was thinking about this earlier. I don't. Uh, maybe maybe they didn't. Maybe they're not popular enough. But I, I'm surprised that Veruca Salt is not on this in this tournament. I maybe think they're not. They as big. might have just not made the cut. Let's see. They'll show up here on the similar. Yeah. They. Yeah. There's basically nobody in this tournament, or very very few. Maybe nobody under a million. Nobody under. Listeners. No one under two million. Um, a month and they have a 400,000. So okay. yeah, they're quite a ways down, but, but they're a cool band for sure. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to give this one of the pumpkins. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love the pumpkins. I just do. I can't believe how much I love them, but whole way to go. I would also say, uh, Violet, which is the, was like the big, the other big single from that record mm -hmm. is great. Um, Next up, Rage Against the Machine versus Foo Fighters. Oh. From Rage, we get Gorilla Radio. Up against oh, yeah. My Hero by Foo Give Fighters from The Color and the Shape. Give it to me. 
first time anyone ever told me what emo was, was this guy, Mike Wright, who played in a ska punk band from the Bay Area called Frito Boat, and then later was in Fighting Jacks, who put out one mm -hmm. record on Tooth and Nail. Mm -hmm. And he, I asked him this in like, probably like 1996 or something. And he was like, you know that song, My Hero? I guess it was in 97, because My Hero was on the radio. He's like, you mm -hmm. know My Hero by Foo Fighters? I was like, yeah, he's like, it's kind of like that. And honestly, he's not wrong. No, very much. Especially 1997 emo really did like yeah. that and Everlong and actually maybe especially February Stars. Oh, yeah. That is OK. Just brief detour because let's luxuriate and maybe our collective favorite album of all time between the two yeah. of us. Uh, listen to listen to this and tell me this is not emo. My heart, Dave. Thank yeah. you for that gift to the world. I mean, that would have been the best song on the first Jimmy Eat World album, Static Prevails, <laughs> if they had written it. <laughs> and it would have fit right so, in on that record. I'm giving this one to Foo Fighters. Yeah. Partly because I don't love that Rage song. I think if it, if it had been Sleep Now in the Fire, it might have been Bro, a little tougher to call. Seriously, let's play them out with that. And that would have been a lot harder. That my Hero lot is harder. still a very special song. Yeah. But this is my favorite Rage Against the Rage song. They sleep this on the fire. Gets it. Oh my God. The party blessed me with its future. When I'm protected with fire. I am the leader, the Peter, the Santa Maria, the Lucid, the Rapist, the Fields Overseer. The, yeah, the on. one for me that would be even harder, though, I think would be Testify. I won't play as much of this, but this is the riff for me. This, this is too, yeah. the pinnacle of the Tom Morello guitar riff. This is the height of everyone's powers.
okay, if people who love hip hop and rap, they must be feeling when they listen to that, what I feel like when I listen to that rage song. Mm, okay. Yeah. And now yeah. I understand, now I understand people with different musical tastes better. Because <laughs> I had, yeah. I just had a moment. It unlocked something for me. Rage, we love you. Yeah. Love you so much. Way to go. I miss you. Um, Foo Fighters. Gosh, I love them so much. Now we have Nirvana versus Oasis. This is the, mm. do you die young and preserve the legend or do you continue to hash it out in the tabloids for <laughs> decades later? Uh, PR strategy round. From Nirvana, we get, oh, oh, the just, the, I don't know, the coffin black favorite heart-shaped mm. box. So good. And this is coming up against Champagne Supernova. Oh, man. <laughs> is there, okay, but is there like, is there a further ends of the spectrum as far as the <laughs> East is from the West of 90s alternative radio than Heart Shaped Box and fucking Champagne Supernova? Oh, my gosh. The only commonality being, of course, uh, copious drug use. Here is Champagne Supernova by Oasis. Slowly walking down the hall Faster than a cannonball Where were you while we were getting high? Someday you will find me Covered in the landslide In a champagne supernova in the sky I'll tell you what the choice is here, Joe. The choice okay. is between do you give the hippies a chance <laughs> to to find the answer or mm. do you turn up you turn up your coat against the wind and you say fuck it. They're all lying to themselves and go with Kurt. You know? Cuz they're they're kind of equal 
artistry between the two right. songs in what they're doing. That is, I mean, that is as close to a we are the world anthem as someone mm-hmm. can write and have it still be good or great. Yeah, yeah. That that walks such a line. It is just abstract enough. But then Archie Box, I to this day, I cannot explain to you what the guitar and bass are doing in that chorus and why it works. I don't yeah. you know, I don't it's know so what notes they're playing. There's like a lot of bending going on. It's almost mm-hmm. like turning your guitar into a sound effect rather than playing mm-hmm. a chord or a note. It's incredible. It's also that's incredible craftsmanship. I do yeah. not envy you this decision. If we pulled a rain, del- well, mm-hmm. d- are we, are you going to accept that when I we, earlier with the Foo Fighters and Weezer, when I had to play stacked actors, are we calling that my pinch hitter? That's pinch hitter. Did okay. you use a pinch That's hitter? That's the question. Like do, or last was it just time. For fun? Oh, did you get, did you get two pinches? I don't know. Maybe you didn't no. use one. Okay, great. That was a pinch hitter. So you do have a rain delay if you want to hear. If if more we Nirvana did rain delay, it would be let's see. It would be it would be lithium, lithium by versus, Nirvana versus I believe it's Live Forever from Live Definitely Forever, Maybe. which I don't even know. I don't think. Yeah, that's a good song. Oh, I do know that one. <sighs> I mean, lithium. I think is if it was that, that would, it would go to Nirvana. Do you have a desire for give, it to go? I got to give it to Nirvana. I got to give it to Nirvana. So then it's, we got to go rain delay you, then. Oh, There's no way that Nirvana, Nirvana doesn't yeah. make it to the top four of an alternative '90s tournament. You have to follow your heart. Now, if you want to do know. it, if you want to make sure to be by the book, then I think we got to pull a, ra- a rain delay, I, I, so that you can do it in good conscience. Okay, okay, okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. I think you guys can hear Stellan. He's a little bit. He's right here. He's in the background, but he's mostly being quiet. Well, we also get to hear another Nirvana, another Oasis song. So who's who's crying about that other than Stellan? No one's upset about this. No, no one's upset about this. So from Nirvana, we get to langu- we get to spend a little more time in the pool with Lithium. I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet you here. I don't care. I'm so horny. That's okay. My will is good. runs up against live forever from definitely maybe the record before what's the story of morning glory okay
great song. It's a great too. song. I mean, I don't know if it's lithium, but it is a great song. I think in this matchup, we're kind of seeing two different sides of the Beatles as well. I think Oasis is Absolutely. more McCartney. Yeah. Nirvana is more Lennon. Is more Lennon. Yeah. Joe, love that. Love that call out. I, I got to give it to Nirvana. Yeah. I mean, still, Lithium is, I mean, come on. That's an incredible song. Plus, yeah, now we have the benefit of a Foo Fighters Nirvana matchup in oh. the Mount Rushmore semifinals. So, uh, anything else to say about Oasis? Please get back together. Yeah. <laughs> As, I, I, there was a great quote from uh, uh, Matt Neely, the or Healy Neely, the singer of the 1975. Yeah. That I saw on Instagram. Matty he Healy. says, there, yeah. Healy, there's nobody who is attending either a Liam Gallagher solo show or a Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds who would not rather be at an Oasis show. Not one person. Yeah. It's true. He's absolutely right. He's right. So we like Oasis. We want them to get back together. Next. So we are now at the the final four, the Mount Rushmore. Joe, I give you your Mount Rushmore of 90s alternative, Cake, the Smashing Pumpkins, Foo Fighters, and Nirvana. How oh, does that feel? This is great. This is great. I think it's pretty perfect, man. Cake, very, very... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just call a rain delay right away on this. You don't want to hear perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. It's just a weird song. So are we saying you get two pinch hitters and two rain delays because oh, it's a I've double tournament? I've already used them. I've already used them. You know what? I don't really want to hear perhaps, perhaps, perhaps either. So yeah, let's just listen to the next. I'm just, I'm just going to let you have it. You don't know what the pumpkin song is, so it's not, okay. it's not waiting anything. You haven't seen that yet. So here we go. Let's get a better cake song. Let's make it a real uh, battle. Let me go from prolonging the magic. When she wants, she wants the sun instead of the moon. When she sees, she sees the stars inside of her room. And I've waited for her for so long. I've waited for her for so That is up against Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, no.
What do you think, that Joe? Pumpkin, that pumpkin song is just undeniable. Top it tier. Is top tier. I should also, at this time, throw out a little plug for my band, who we cover that song. Um, no big deal. It's, and I, I sing it, believe it or not. But it's a it's a version of the song they played at the uh, Bridge School Benefit. It's kind of more acoustic-y and laid back. Interesting. Um, but uh, I got to give it to the Pumpkins. I love Cake. Yeah. They're my hometown heroes. They are truly unique. There is no one like them, and they have a lot of great songs. I don't. I was looking. We had a little break there, and I was looking through their '90s catalog, and I can't find a song that I would pick, even if I had, even if I had. Another pinch hitter. Yeah, there isn't anything that would beat tonight. Tonight. Yeah, and they're just two different vibes. Like, right? One is wry and sarcastic. Sarcasm it will only get you so far. I think irony can only be enjoyed a certain level deep. You can appreciate the craft; it can make you laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, like, you need sincerity to really go to the core of a person. I think, and you know, sometimes. Billy Corgan's forays into that level of artistic sincerity do not work, mm-hmm. but sometimes they fucking work. And when they do, he's one of the best. He's just one of the best. There, there's an ancient African proverb. If you want to go fast, go ironic. If you want to go far, go sincere. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. So now we have... Foo Fighters versus Nirvana. This is the this is the Dave Grohl showdown, and it it kind of worked out really nicely that they were not in the same like quartile of artists. I didn't actually do that on purpose. That's nice. That just happened. The with good the news CD. here. The good news here. I just have to say before it gets ugly. No matter who loses, we all win here. <laughs> That's true. Uh, just if anyone's curious, Nirvana is the number three overall seed. Foo Fighters number seven overall seed. Uh, and for Foo Fighters, we get Monkey Wrench. All this time to make a mess. What do you do when all your enemies are friends? Now and then I'll try to bend. Under the pressure, wind up snapping in the gonna be interesting out of adrenaline up against now you can this was a i had to make a judgment call here i decided that this level of a cover meets the criteria of being i would agree like I would enough agree their case. own so man who sold the world's david bowie cover but it's very much a nirvana song i believe it's the most popular track from their unplugged in new york which is so good as to essentially be its own album so okay monkey wrench up against the man who sold the world I laughed and shook his hand I made my way back home I searched for a fall 
do joe i i don't know if i have it in me to make this decision i, I was just wondering if you were gonna say that i don't have it in me do you have a feeling <sighs> okay like here's the, the 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 nirvana case would go like this great as monkey wrench is it's it's a it's a trifle in comparison to the man who sold the world okay it's just kind of like it's a it's more bubble it's a bubblegum by comparison sure. kind it's of not thing. as serious it's not as serious unquote. it's not as like library of congress if you will as you know the unplugged okay. song yeah but it's an excellent piece of songcraft for me that track more than anything else from color on the shape like takes me back to them playing live at the MTV video music awards like mm. outside of radio city music hall or whatever and like i'm just like 15 and losing my mind you know yeah. uh yeah so it's a meaningful song to me it's that's just tough there I, I i guess the answer is i don't have an i don't have like any obvious leaning here i almost feel like flipping a coin honestly you know what to get to get out of having to choose one dave project or the other foo fighters or nirvana is like that is the perennial choice for rock fans yeah. But you don't ever have to actually make it because you can always have both. So that's what makes right. this cruel. But it's song versus song. So if you just say Monkey Wrench versus The Man Who Sold the World, does that clarify anything for you? Is one of them more alternative than the other? I think if you I think if you want to take that criterion, you have to give it to Nirvana for the whole package of just like Kurt is like they're subverting every expectation to make a loud record. They're like, no, here's the next thing we're going to do. And then not only that, are they going to play acoustic and tone down the one thing that they are like most famous for, which is their guitar sound and all that. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, we're going to do like four covers. None of our hits. And none of our hits, like Meat Puppets songs. I mean, just like they they cover an old, like a super old blues song, right? Isn't that one of them? Yeah. You know, so it's just like. So it is such an alternative. It's such a punk rock attitude. Um, Whereas Monkey Wrench is like, is the slightly cleaned up, you know, Dave Grohl side of that music. And he is, he is less of a pure angsty artist than Kurt was. He is a bit more of an everyman, uh, more of a pop sensibility. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I see the argument for both of them. But if I think if you're going to say it's about alternative music, and that's your absolute tiebreaker, then I think you have to give it to Nirvana. I think I agree with you. In place of actually flipping a coin, yeah. I think I think you just talked me into Nirvana. Yeah. Well as much as it pains me. And and it pains me too. Foo Fighters among my all time favorite bands. Uh they're your favorite band. Historically that'd have to be the case. Yeah. What's your favorite Foo Fighters song? <sighs> Probably Aurora. 
Let's hear. It's on. Let's hear. Aurora. There's nothing oh, I left know. to lose. I know. It. I know where it is. <laughs> it's a little more of a slow burner. Yeah, I'll find a good spot. I love this song. Also, this song is fucking emo. Thank you, Foo Fighters, for participating in my favorite genre of rock music. Fitting elegy to one of our favorite bands as we say farewell. That's quite a beautiful way to go. We love them. It leaves us with Wait. the final, the championship, the the sad boy championship of '90s alternative, and it is the Smashing Pumpkins against Nirvana. Could it have been anything else, Joe? Oh, and is it Jared? Is Jared Brock next? Oh, <laughs> this is a showdown. Okay, and for and for Nirvana, it's going to be in bloom. Okay, this is a clash of the titans. Yes, it is. Okay, so first up, we've got Cherub Rock by the Pumpkins. Marbles, Joe, up against In Bloom by Nirvana.
thinking, man? What are you feeling? Where do you feel it in your body? (laughs) I do like the production a little more on the Nirvana song. It sounds better. Yeah. Sounds better. I think you had it turned up maybe a little more. It's it's louder. Uh, uh, the the problem with all the Smashing Pumpkins records, the the best ones anyway, so are really quiet. You always have to yeah. turn them up a bunch. It's very frustrating. So that was that was not me. Uh, I'll fi- uh, listeners to the podcast. I will have tried to get those mm-hmm. closer. Mm-hmm. So actually, they will have heard them at equal volume, but we did not. <sighs> They're both. It's like both bands at the best at what they do. Yeah, and. Both such great typifiers of this genre. Let me just, let me see. Let me, could I interest you in listening to the final 20 seconds of Cherub Rock? Oh, yeah. To how it ends? I might ask if I can interest you in one slight detour after that as well. Fair warning. <laughs> but let's just listen to the very end of Cherub yeah. Rock. Oh, And may I just present for your consideration? No, 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 it's a tough one. About to make the ca- it's a tough no, one. No, you know what I was going to say is it's kind of like with, do you want your grunge gold flaked with hardcore, like mm. classic East Coast hardcore, or do you mm-hmm. want your grunge flaked with shoegaze and the, okay. that kind okay. of fuzzed out, you know, super deep and warm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I described it to Aaron as like a bed of warm asphalt. Uh, which I, I stand by that. I like that phrase or, you know, or do you want the, like punch you in the fucking face and take your money of Nirvana? I love them both. I'll tell you, I listen to Cherub Rock about 20 or 30% more than I listen to in bloom. That's not a huge edge. It's a slight edge. Yeah. I mean, in bloom again, ubiquitous for 30 years. Absolutely. Are is this going to be the kind of podcast that cho- that does the obvious thing and chooses Nirvana as the top alternative band of the nineties? There's nothing wrong with that. Two two roads diverged at Woodstock '96. <laughs> <laughs> 94. 94, and then '99, right? At Woodstock yeah. 90, two roads diverged at Woodstock 94. Do you take a left and go to the Smashing Pumpkins stage or a right? Well, Nirvana wasn't playing anymore at that point. That's sad. Briefly ended. Yeah. Let's go Smashing Pumpkins. You love to hear it. You just love to hear it. And they do it with a Siamese dream song. We've been getting, you know, mostly melancholy and the infinite sadness because that record was bigger, had more radio hits and stuff. But I think for the I think for the heads, for the real pumpkins fans, that my sense is the Siamese dream has risen to essentially equal stature. Like they're yeah. both great at doing a slightly different thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's my sense. Is that your sense as well? Yes, very much. I, I love I do I love those records basically 
basically equally. And now I figured out a perfect reason to play what I wanted to play you earlier, which is <laughs> unless we have a few more words to say about either of these bands, um, I know how I want to play us out. Uh, I kind of want to hear zero as a play it out, but th- this is also great. No, I, I have nothing to say about Nirvana, just like with Radiohead. There's nothing to say about them. They're great. They are accurately rated. They're massive. Yeah. They're great. We love them. Not, neither under nor overrated. Yes. Uh, pumpkins. They're... Do you have anything to say about the pumpkins? Are you like, how much of their stuff have you followed later into their career? Uh, it's, it's rough, you know, Nirvana has the benefit of having been cut off at the height of their fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking Billy of Corgan two roads has, diverging, yeah. Yes, Billy Corgan has gone on to have a mixed. Definitely mixed. Some, some mixed cool results. Stuff. Yeah. Some very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think never quite attained the same heights as no. 1996. Yeah. I think that's right. I do. I would really love to see if we could play, actually, before I end with Jelly Belly, which is the best rock ending of all time. Zwan, I don't think is actually, They're no, not this is on, not them. Zwan is yeah, not on Spotify. Zwan is not on Spotify. You know, I can, I'll pull it up on YouTube. So it might not be in stereo listeners. And I apologize for that. Uh, but we have to play the chorus of honestly by Zwan, which is a, a later kind of actually mid, mid era around the time that we were in college. Like maybe it's like, Oh, three or something sort of side project that he does and short-lived one record. It's not on streaming. And I don't think the record was super consistent as an album, but this song is among my favorite Billy Corgan songs. And I think it is like, honestly, sometimes I think that's the band I would want to start. If I was going to start a band, I would have the band aim exactly for honestly by Zwan and whichever way we, were to air or miss, that would be interesting and we'd find out. But just aim for that and see what happens. This is a killer song. I believe the love you talk about with me is it true? Um, well, the Pumpkins are one of my favorite bands of all time. I think, yeah, Billy's output has been definitely mixed uh, with probably less good stuff than than skippable stuff. But there's a handful of tracks on three or four of their more recent records that I think are really good. Uh, definitely. And then stuff from like Adore and Machina and, you know, some of that stuff is quite cool. It's not as good as those first, you know, the second and third record were. But is there something you, to love. something you want to play us from a more recent album? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's do that. So 
I've not dug anything from Atum or Seer. The last two, uh, a little bit maybe from Shiny No So Bright, but uh, I like Monuments to an Elegy. That's a cool record. Um, Let's play something from that. Uh, How about Antihero? Everything I want, I had to have. And with madness, it's love itself. Trust little baby. about that that's cool isn't that a cool really song cool. i like that. that's a really good song. yeah i like that shoegazy love it yeah so there's some there's some really fun stuff there uh i really dislike everything i've seen of them performing live like live videos i've seen just seems i saw I them know. a few years ago and i really enjoyed you it did okay well that makes they, me i mean it. it was a tour when they finally like played all the hits yeah so that was that helped a lot but i'm sure uh, i did enjoy them live yeah okay well you know this was joe so 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 fun I do look forward to our future episode with Mike of our favorite Sherwood songs. I hope mm-hmm. that listeners don't find it too self-indulgent, but you know, we're not going to do like a million episodes about us. Just one. <laughs> and I think it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm going to play us out with the last 45 seconds or so of Jelly Belly by the Smashing Pumpkins from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. A fantastic song that I think is overlooked because there are like five huge radio singles on this double album. But this song is, in my opinion, you know, when, you know, it's, it's still Billy at his very best. It's the band at their best, uh, doing a, a bit of a more straightforward thing, much like that song antihero we just heard. It's more of a kind of a classic pop thing, but they're doing it the way they do it. And it is, as I said, maybe my favorite rock ending of all time. It actually, it might be, by definition, an unbeatable rock ending. It, there may, it may be <laughs> in the universe impossible for someone to top this. So here's the last bit of Jelly Belly. Sickest thing ever, dude. That's great. <laughs> All right, congrats to the pumpkins. Congrats. This we was love you. so great. Joe, thanks for doing it with me. Really fun. All right, love you, buddy.